I came to First Class Reels, I was trying to find someone to do my reel for me. The reason I wanted to get my reel done was because every like, agent I'd run into or manager would be like, so can I see some of your work? And I'd be like, I don't have a reel. When we were done and I sent it out to people I've been networking with and I got an agent out of it. And right now I'm talking to a manager after they've seen my reel. So it really was bang for my buck. Like, I got exactly what I wanted. So first class reels, do it. You will not regret it. Trust me. You know objective truth, Darwin? Math. That's not objective truth. Math is objective. No, it's not. Yes, it, it doesn't is. It fully describe reality. There's no chance you've objectively described reality. You haven't. Let the record show that Lauren is bored. Welcome to Darwinism. I'm Matt Lofton. I'm Darwin. Here's where we talk about politics. Trying to evolve the conversation. Ah, uh, ah, uh, that's so horrible, horrible. Welcome back to Lofty Darwinism. I, uh, Matt, you, you shared something on Facebook recently, or maybe that's just my imagination, about, like, how podcasting is the new soft power. Is that... Yeah, uh, yeah, soft diplomacy. So, I also have been thinking about this, and I just watched it. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where they kind of, like, satire comedy, like, uh, uh, podcasting. Like, basically oh. just, you know, <laughs> I, it, it kind of comes across as though they, they see it as nothing more than just people loving the sounds of their own voice, which on some level it is. But I've also been listening to podcasts a lot more than I ever have in my life. I've been finding more and more, and I've been really appreciating just the sensation of having a conversation with somebody in which I can't participate. <laughs> I'm just listening to a great conversation. It makes me feel very engaged. Matt, like what like you listen to more podcasts than I do. What do you think like the power of podcasts are? For me, and I think maybe you've really hit on it right there. Um, it forces you to listen. You don't have to have a response to a podcast, and any response you have to a podcast is going to fall upon deaf ears in the moment. So unlike a debate or a conversation or talking to people where they might demand an answer from you, the podcasting doesn't demand an answer from you. It literally is mostly questions. That's for me and you doing this. It, I think it, it can be fiercely mostly questions. It can seem like answers, but usually it's like the fact that we're still asking questions. And for me, podcasts and audiobooks kind of serve the same knowledge. They force me to listen a lot in a way that doesn't require my own response. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're listening to someone who's in front of you, you're only just formulating your own response. Right. And that's just the truth of it. it you know, uh, th there's such a rap in the media about, or in the media, I don't know, like, you know, I just see a lot of stand-up comedians joking about it and it, it, online. It's like everybody and their mom has a podcast. It's, yeah. it's, it's the kind of question like, uh, do you provide value? And that's actually... I guess we can sort of awkwardly segue into one of the things that we wanted to talk about today, uh, the show Altered Carbon, um, which I posited on Facebook, and I firmly believe this. This is really the first time that Netflix has gotten it, gotten it right for me, um, with the possible exception of, of first season of House of Cards. I thought that was a pretty successful season of television as well, but... To my mind, the thing that stuck out more than any other element of Altered Carbon to me was just the kind of question of, are you earning this amount of investment of my time? You know, like, if, if you've got 10 episodes, do you really have 10 episodes worth of content? And, and are you giving me that? Or are you trying to stretch out like a 7 or 8 
episode arc into 10 episodes, putting a lot of padded filler in there, a lot of like unnecessary backstory. You know, with Altered Carbon, everything worked in tandem with each other. Every single element came to play, like everything was connected to one another. And I felt like you could not have cut a moment of that show. Uh, yeah, and that's because it's almost shot for shot the book. Okay, of the first one, as I've discussed, and, that, and and that's honestly the bare biggest form of success. So that's you could see it in let's say Game of Thrones this season when it went from book to uh, showrunners who were writing mm-hmm. the, the underlying content, right? Yeah, yeah. And the thing that really struck out to me is how even at Netflix best, this is still nowhere near the best sci-fi show of all time. That's got to be Battlestar Galactica's reboot, and because. Even as I read the underlying material, while I thought Alter Carbon was an amazing question of a, of a show, and it was literally like Netflix says, we're going to spend all the money in the world on this show and make you like it. The production value, uh-huh. the beauty, the actors, amazing. But as I'm even reading the underlying book, and it, it is it is as good as it, I mean, it's a good sci-fi series. But it doesn't have me hooked. It's a good, but it, and whereas if you take for it's it's not really TV, it's an extended movie. So if you want to take real television, this is sort of a conversation we can have. Real television is say the Battlestar Galactica series, which had to produce episode after episode, was inherently binge watchable, uh-huh. but it was coming out week after week after week, and even though it definitely had a broad, clear arc of where it was going. Each individual show could be watched by itself. Yeah. And could be, you know, sine qua non, like just one trial episode of that. Like there's just so many moments where, and so like, as you said this, and as I was watching Alter Carbon, I was like, man, I really enjoy this show. But I can tell that it, you know, and I'm so, that it's not. It's it's good, but it's still not great. Well, it, and that's it's where interesting. Netflix is at. Yeah, for, first of all, I, I could never. I would. I, Battlestar Galactica is a is a rare gem. It's I, I I fucking love that show, and I actually think this would be an interesting. Like what I loved about Battlestar Galactica was that it really was wrapping its mind around like a pro authoritarian regime, more or less. Mm-hmm. That's what it is it's the raw struggle for survival when absolute power is what you have to have faced with those consequences how do you navigate towards some semblance of democracy and fairness and 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 quality of life and um altered carbon takes the critique point of view, which most shows do. That was what made mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica so rare was that it really you know let the heroes be like making decisions that were quite, quite impactful and devastating in some circumstances. Um, Altered Carbon, I really liked the, the pot, like the, the idea that in the future, if people can start downloading into new bodies, essentially if they can afford to spend a lot of money to live forever, then the powerful become so rarefied and so, impossibly powerful that it it completely calcifies. And it was an interesting challenge to me about the very nature premise of inequality. You know, I thought it was a fun, pretty cheesy, Mm -hmm. but really interesting romp through that dystopian vision of the future. Yes. 
uh, the fact that, like, they made a distinction between groundborn and, like, how long you've been alive. And we're sort of marching towards that now. This is definitely taken off, off Silicon Valley's life extension projects. The kind of wealth that Zuckerberg, that Bezos, that Gates have can now be put towards the kind of life extension technology of how we curr currently are that is, you know, unsurpassed in, in, in our understanding of humanity, right? Yes. And... You know, there, it's going, we, and we then have this amazing amount of inequality and wealth uh -huh. that, and resources, and the way it's created uh, is usually through something terrible, uh -huh. right? Most of, most of the profits in America are created for something that's kind of mildly or majorly toxic to the user. Right. Even if you look at social media, like they're using an addiction model for on your phone mm -hmm. to keep you there for views. Yeah. But if okay. you look at you know, so this is what where we are with ultra carbon is like. How do we handle like that level of wealth in the future? Is it something that needs to be handled? I guess is the question because you know the the contrarian side of me is watching this and I'm saying, my God, they invented technology to live forever, and yeah. even a lot of the grounds folks are saving up money and you know like they they have the capacity to buy a new body and continue living they can even bring back the dead and hang out with them and though it's presented in critical terms and crucially though the government is corrupt and everything is bought and paid for I actually wonder, is that really such a bad future? Because that is actually kind of what a libertarian paradise would look like, I hate to say, and that's what, kind of why I'm not a purist on all of it's these things. It's built off like, the suffering created, of others. But they've created like quality built. of life, right? Like, like they've risen the quality of life for everybody, you know? It's Except kind of like, for – no, they haven't. No, 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 no. That was the deep thing. That, like, the deep wealth that his sister had created was from, like, torturing and killing women and selling them as sex slaves. And, like, that's happening now. Well, sure. That's happening but, now. But, in our, and, and, like, they this is were, not... They were evil, right? Um, but but that's the thing about it is, like, unchecked wealth. But is that just a wealth. narrative... No. ...moment Cigarette companies. Uh, uh, cigarette companies right now. Fucking our social media companies right now building off addiction models. These uh -huh. are these are big problems. And like, is a Chris Rock line he stole from somebody else? At the, at the core of every great fortune is a great crime. Like, it's not that everyone who makes all their money is a criminal, but a lot of the wealth, like even slavery. At the beginning of this fucking country, the, half the country said, "You know how we're gonna make money? Taking someone else's fucking labor away." Mm -hmm. So you know what? Like, that's the libertarian dystopia that libertarians never see, is that, like, they don't really care how you get your property. It's property, goddammit. Like, that's what's up, and that's what scares everyone. Well, okay, let me sidetrack just a little bit, because one of the, one of the, the like, the, the direct links you can make to today's political debate is just to the topic of healthcare. On a certain level, they are in a future in which Obamacare never passed. <laughs> you know, like they like no. people can't afford their own health care. And actually that they had that very what poignant one moment where he takes her in broken and bleeding and the hospital, you know, says, yeah. OK, we'll get to her, you know, after all the other folks. And like, you know, I don't know how often you've been in the emergency room. That's actually that's absolutely the experience 
of an emergency yeah. room is you go in and but no then, matter what's wrong with pays. you, unless you are literally falling on the floor dying, you know, which they will immediately, you know, like grab you in that instance, you know, it'll take you four hours to get through. And I think that that, um, I, 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 you know, that is a then level he of paid and got them through. That's the other half of that uh-huh. is they had a fucking pay for pass through, which we have now in some of these urgent care centers and like half emergency rooms, standalone emergency rooms. Like there's a lot of, we are already building towards that Darwin. And the question is, is that just because we're unwilling to set up the tax regime that pays for everyone's basic level of healthcare mm-hmm. and like, you can still build wealth in a higher tax environment. Like, you can. There's no reason you can't. It's just a matter of, like, the time it takes. Right. Like, and where we do it. But yet we're unwilling to take care of everyone. And the evil is the fact these people have all that power. They create it off the backs of those with less powerful. And they don't take care of those people on top of it. Unless you serve their largesse. You are just a pawn in their game. And that's uh-huh. a fucking problem. And we're building towards that now. Well, okay. Uh, let, I, I had so many thoughts just run through my head about Battlestar Galactica and Altered Carbon and a lot of other things. But before I go into any of that, let me clarify something. The key to Altered Carbon technology was found like in a ancient ruins, right? On a planet. Right? I no, think she – no, no, no. The, 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 uh, the founder of the Envoys created okay. it um, as she wanted to – that was the whole thing. She created – uh, the the technology that allowed them to download their stacks. Um, but I thought it was drawn from like uh, there's like alien technology that they discovered. And I'm pretty sure that, that is. Correct. I didn't. I didn't get. To, I didn't like. Like I didn't catch that part. Well, okay, I watched well, it fast. That's the other problem. You don't. If you <laughs> yeah. watch it so fast. Yeah, I know. So let's imagine that instead of altered carbon finding that, let's say that Starbuck had found that in an episode of Battlestar Galactica, the the the, the capacity to um, you know, to, to, to download your consciousness into new sleeves and things like that. Like, how do you allocate that on that crew of 50,000 people? You know, well, like they did it. That's what the Cylons were. The Cylons could, could that, like, that's the whole thing. Like they, they, we rediscover it. But the Cylons and, like, were the you bad look guys. At Caprica. <laughs> what? The, 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 the Cylons were the bad guys though. They were humans. They aren't different. They were us. That's the whole thing. I'm just giving away the end of Battlestar Galactica. There was no real difference. They were the 13th tribe of humans. They We, we create the AI. They are us. We are them. They're indistinguishable. Uh-huh. Right, like, right, that's right. the whole thing about it. Like, is that they rediscovered the resurrection technology. Like, you, we, we would have it. Like, that's, that is what the power of that show was. It was to show the true indistinguishableness between the two. Hmm. Um, because they could even mate. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, you know, it was, we are wet. The, that, the philosophy of that is that we are actually just wetware and we don't understand ourselves yet. Yeah. That's, that's the general, and that's kind of the, that's the idea of alter carbon as well. Mm-hmm. We are wetware. We are programmable. We are changeable. We, we are, you know, there are people trying to make themselves into cyborgs now. And is the point of this just to express the infinite possibility of humanity including all the good and all the bad Hmm. or is the point for any one individual like an envoy to find their meaning to fight against those who would create their individuality on the backs of others you know who would create their uh, on the suffering of others to find your meaning in not creating more suffering for those because 
the line of good and evil is every single person's soul. It's well, whether you're torturing <laughs> or you're being good for someone. In terms of fighting back against the individual and uh, the political topics that it ensnares, I think that's a good moment to maybe throw to the break, go right. back and talk about the uh, most depressing uh, news that has just uh. been occurring over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I, yeah. uh, I I feel like there's going to be a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. All right. I came to First Class Reels. I was trying to find someone to do my reel for me. The reason I wanted to get my reel done was because every like agent I'd run into or manager would be like, so can I see some of your work? And I'd be like, I don't have a reel. When we were done and I sent it out to people I've been networking with and I got an agent out of it. And right now I'm talking to a manager after they've seen my reel. So it really was bang for my buck. Like I got exactly what I wanted. So first class reels, do it. You will not regret it. Trust me. And we're back. Um... I guess we will, okay, first off, the Russian stuff. Um, 13 Russians were indicted in mm -hmm. an attempt to, and three Russian organizations that, uh, for uh, trying to interfere with our election. Yes. So this is not a hoax. It was an act of aggression by a state sponsor, and like we're not responding to it. So for all yeah. of our listeners who may doubt that Russia is actively attacking us, Stop doubting that and start wondering why Donald Trump's not doing anything. I honestly – like the, the thought I had about this was kind of put in my mind walking away from altered carbon. Can you be so rich that you're above the law? That's he's been that way his entire life, man. He pays off the there like, are we know at this point that his son at minimum broke the law. When he took that meeting with yeah. the Russians, that was absolutely breaking the law. That was – I mean that, that, that is yeah. against the law. It is very likely that Donald Trump Jr. will be indicted. I kind of think that that's where the ultimate place where this is all going to lead. I think Trump manages to escape, but his son's probably going to get indicted, I think. Um, and I mean like you know, if to say that you're a Trump supporter is to say that he should be above the law at this point. Like I, I like I can recognize if you can if, if you have a qualified answer to it. You know, I don't want to I, I I've spent too much time lumping all Trump supporters together, but I do have to say Trump is in trouble. And well, if we let him off the hook, what it says about our democracy bodes very poorly for all of us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're headed towards altered carbon land. That's really it. Like that's if 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 you can be above the law yes. consistently without like and that's really in the, the, the like, irony like the will precedent be, no, wait, that would this, set. <laughs> can I, the irony will be that all of these Trump supporters will complain that letting Hillary Clinton off of her emails was and maybe there's some truth, like it, it's a it's a fine sight difference. The the emails and this Trump's and this Russia stuff. Well, right? it, aren't, first of all, aren't like all of Trump's staffers using private emails? I think I read an article yeah, about that. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, like that, like the, Colin Powell, uh, you know, uh, had his own private email. Like the only yeah. difference was that Obama put in higher standards, and yeah. Hillary Clinton we, flouted them, and 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 did so in a way that may have been a breach of national security, but it's not necessarily rising to the same level of, of literally the, colluding with our enemies. Like, but here's the thing, directly Darwin, you're, to them. A, you're a writer, Darwin, okay? You're a dramatist, you, you, you make stories. The thing about, like, let's say Lost or any show is the mystery box 
is always more powerful than whatever is revealed, right? Yes. Oh my God. And yeah. Lost is Hillary the Clinton's perfect example emails of that. <laughs> were the ultimate mystery box, right? <laughs> like, even when stuff was revealed, there was nothing in them, but yeah. she could have said anything. And I, he's I literally couldn't imagine, imagine what she could say at this point that would make it worse than any of the shit that Donald Trump has done. Like, exactly. like, what, like what is, is you're going to email, like, I am working with the Russians to take down America. Like, that's what Trump did. <laughs> that's, that's what, but that's what their supporters think. They think that the real collusion is Hillary Clinton working with the Russians. I, I think it's... It's just so perfect that we had Clinton versus Trump. You know, I, I really – I see tr Clinton as such a tragic figure. I never thought that she was ethically corrupt. I just think yeah. that she had kind of like accumulated so many like barnacles of Washington by the time that she got to the front door. Yeah. Like it was just too much weight and she just represented all the wrong things about us dynasty kind of walk waltzing into power without really having to work for it like a lot of these things i think just stuck with a lot of people in a negative way um she didn't feel she had to persuade us that's what the real offense was mm -hmm. she didn't feel and she didn't think she could so she didn't try really to persuade anyone while she was that while why she was the best well because Clinton time. had complex thoughts on issues and I could see more than anything that she just didn't know how to explain her actual position without people misinterpreting but it completely so he, she even, just didn't even all try. she had all I she, think she had would have to do, made though, a fairly decent president you know like I, I, it, I it's not about the positions. It's uh -huh. not. It's about whether or not, at the end of whatever her words were, you had to believe, is she on my side or is she not on my side? And that's the end result of persuasion here for this. Like, And people really thought, so Donald Trump could say anything. He could be anywhere. Trump supporters thought Trump was on their side. Uh -huh. I think that's absurd. But, uh, you know, that's what they thought. And so, you know, that that... Just fundamentally, that's where we were, and she wasn't a persuasive candidate. She was an inevitable candidate. I will say this. Trump is emphatically on their side in one key way that I think that we disregard at our peril, which is just the free speech issue. I, 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 I can't speak for all conservatives, but my guess is that every goddamn conservative who voted for him has one story where they tried to articulate a a point of view from a genuine perspective and got shouted down by their more progressive friends. Like I, I, I think every conservative has that story. Okay. And a lot of times it's because you said something that was wrong and people just told you that you were wrong and that freaked you out, <laughs> you know? So I think conservatives yeah. need to grow up a little bit, but oftentimes it's not that oftentimes it is because people are, you know, liberals are out for blood. We're all out for blood. And I think that Trump's, penchant for insulting people has given voice to a lot of dormant uh, bitterness that you are finding in the conservative movement right now. And so, I think Clinton just kind of like got caught in the crossfire, uh, crosshairs of that larger culture war. So let's dive into the battle of the day and the sad tragedy we all love with this week, which was Florida and the Parkland uh, and the Parkland shooting. 17 students were killed. Yes. I mean, that and it sparked the most fear. I mean, like every shooting sparks a gun debate online, but this one has legs. Yeah, well, um, the, the, the so far the, the high school students are uh, yeah. speaking out now, which you know, 
God bless them. I really think that high schoolers might be more intelligent than adults. <laughs> you know, they're more like, earnest. <laughs> they, that's for sure. Well, yeah, and they can believe. You know, I think that adults are just children who learned that they couldn't believe and that they should just go around bitter. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I I don't know that we've learned a lot more. It's not like we've read that many more books than high schoolers <laughs> have or any of those, you know, related issues. We've just gotten beaten down by life a little more often and uh, and and yet they can't vote and we voted and we voted for Donald Trump. So I think that whatever rationale we had for the not voting uh, is quickly out the door and I, I think they have a point, you know? Like yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, I'm a libertarian. I, I love freedom of guns um, but it's, you know, you should have to have a background check. Like you, should have, like, you should have to have a background check. Like, it should be like cars, you know? Just like... Could you, couldn't you get training? Shouldn't we be training people? Like, honestly, like, I'd be for government-paid training or, like, NRA-sponsored training. Like, if you have a gun, you should know how to use it, and, like, it should be... A, like, we have public education because we have the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. We should have something for the second. You know what I mean? Like, it's really important. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know what that is. I, I think we need guns at some yeah. level. You will eventually need protection. There are bad guys out there. However, yeah. you don't get guns without responsibility. Power mm-hmm. doesn't come without strings. Yeah. It just, it's crazy. Uh, what, okay. I, I think we often – we're so bitter about this that we can't really invent new ideas about how to talk about this. It's literally mm-hmm. only – do you talk about mental health or do you talk about guns? Like it, that seems to be this track that we're couldn't on. it be both, Darwin? But, okay. couldn't it couldn't yeah. it possibly be both things? <laughs> uh, of course, but it, like in a, <laughs> in a in a broader language, don't you think that our society is just going fucking crazy, Matt? Like a little bit. I, I I think like there was again like I I love it's always sunny in Philadelphia. There's an episode you know later in on in the series, they they tackle gun control and you know they kind of lampoon both sides. They really go after like the idea that gun like gun shows are all that easy to like you know make to get guns from and things like that and they also have a moment where they give kids a bunch of weapons they're like okay we want to teach you to use these responsibly and they all just start stabbing each other and they're like those are goddamn savages in there (laughs) like and i actually do agree like i have to say when you said we need to teach people about guns and give everybody guns i'm like this fucking guy who just went on this shooting spree would have been like double likely to go on that shooting spree, I think, if every one of those kids had a gun on them. I think that they're looking to go out in like a blaze of glory. That like the, the, That's what I'm seeing at the moment. And I have to say, I, I, I think it's because we're getting more isolated. And I think a lot of men oh, yeah. are finding it even harder because I found it really hard to kind of like to, to come to terms with my identity and just be comfortable in my own skin. I think it's probably a thousand times harder for men in this day and age. We've, you know, I think there's a, again, like there's a, there's a, there's a, I think it's really hard as a man, you know, think about it in the wake of the Me Too movement. Like, how do you operate? How do you, what's the good way of being? I think it's complicated. I think it's, it's something you really have to like deal with a lot of raging hormones and emotions. And I think a lot of these kids are getting like, just like dropped you know, through the cracks. It, it just he got expelled it, it, from school like yeah. that was going to solve something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, like this, this, you can't, we, we have a kick the can down the road culture, all of us, because we refuse to take any sort of collective responsibility as yeah. individuals, right? I don't think we need communism. I just do think there's a real thing that like, you have an obligation to your neighbor. You have a real, like, we really do have a collective obligation to one another. Mm -hmm. And usually that just means small individual choices about how you treat people. Yeah. And then how you design a system to treat people. And then these things happen less because hurt people hurt people. Right? And there's always going to be some pain. There's going to be some people who are bad. But, like, you, the more times we just... Build less community, as we've talked about. Have less conversations. Are mm -hmm. create more outcasts. Create more desperation. We have an opioid crisis in this country because we have a pain crisis in this country. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy was off training with white nationalist groups, probably as much because that gave him some like sense of community, right? They talk about it like all these same conservatives will be like, "Well, gang members. Well, people join gangs because." They give people a sense of home, a mm -hmm. sense of community sometimes. In, in a world of chaos where you might not have people you can rely on, you're going to have that. And we're seeing it now with everybody, with Trump supporters, with all – that's a tribe. Uh -huh. We are tribal. It yeah. is – we are built for this. And in, and I think the thing is we can't – we're never going to get rid of our tribal nature, but we just have to keep expanding who we see in our tribe. Yeah. Right? Like the tribe human – the tribe conscious being has to be the goal for everybody, right? And, right. And, and that's tough. And it needs – but it also does need to be one of responsibility. And to me, that's where gun ownership becomes important to me. You know, like the, the, the moment that we say that we need to export XYZ to this larger system to take care of, on a certain level, that's just a natural outgrowth of diversification huh? of skills and, you know, like on onlining of robotics and – and all of these things that help us live our lives, but nevertheless, we're going to become helpless. Like we're we're fast tracking to to, to the Wally, you know, future where everybody's just yeah. like fat and sitting in chairs and just you know like doing exactly what they're told. Uh, guns really remind us of our liberties and our our just our our being in charge of our lives. That that there is no larger entity. Like the, the government is an illusion. It's a, it's a safety blanket that we put over our heads, especially as what, white people. <laughs> what know, if like... we – here's the solution, Darwin. I've got it. What if for the year of service you have the chance to just go get stuck in our national forest outside for a whole year working <laughs> and you know, essentially just like we'll pay for – you know, you're not going to die – but like you can be out like legitimately like you are taught survival skills, nature skills, tracking skills, hunting skills, all of them mm -hmm. because like, oh, my God, society could just drop tomorrow realistically. Right. And, or some version of this, because like those actual like, you know, school is good at some things, but it's not really good at teaching you the autonomous skills of survival or of life. Um, those come from your other activities. Those come from the things you have to value from your tougher situations. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think we need to talk about a year of service to the country, but in a way that structures learning mm -hmm. for everyone. And it could be a variety, six months here doing, you know, a bunch of different things, but like, but what does that do for the poorest and richest kids? It puts them all in the same place for a year, you know? And to where they're going to know that, like, no matter where you came from, you have that level of equality. Well, not, yeah, you know? I think that, that that could be 
like you know that that general concept could be useful not just in terms of like equality but also in terms of just like ownership of your life you right. know I, I think that a lot of these kids you know I think that for all of us frankly there for, for for a little while it was like the 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 the, the white picket fence you know reality like they yeah. it, you were a homeowner you had like a nine to five you had a pension. You had a sense that you were in control of your life, and I think that that's just so helpful for human health. And yeah. I don't think that most of us feel that anymore. I don't think that you know, it kind of doesn't really matter. Like unless you're super rich, um, you don't really feel in control of your life, and that's a. I think that's just the worst feeling in the world, to be honest. And um, I mean, it's a mental game. It surely is. Yeah. But 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 on a certain level, these externalities really foment a, a core culture of people who are honestly healthy and like mentally, you know, like uh, like satisfied with their lives. And um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, th- like ownership could be really helpful. And and going out and some sort of equalizing, where we all kind of like take control of our life from the same space, I think would really make us feel more proud mm-hmm. of what we've accomplished. Yeah, it's it's you, we do we feel very disconnected from like democracy and self-governance is an infinite game we're playing, right? Yeah. And we are very disconnected from it right now. Well, actually I think right now we may be getting more connected than ever before, but fundamentally to make it a better game, you need to keep making better players. Mm. Right? And better economic players, better all of that. And that's your obligation to everybody else because you're not trying to, like, kill everything and destroy everything. And, like, and if you are, you should be checked by those who realize that's terrible (laughs) and they are autonomous enough to stop you. And that's kind of the society we live in. But we are – but right now we're taking away – you know, you're going to need a little bit of socialism to have a lot of libertarianism, in my opinion, right? You're going to need a little bit of, like, you're going to need some basic structures, you know, either an incredibly efficient judicial system for for dispute adjudication, or, you know, there's, like, real, you're going to need, you're going to need real institutions to facilitate greater human freedom, because well, you don't get freedom I, in chaos. I honestly think technology may may hold the key to kind of like merging socialism and libertarianism together, because, you know, it's really funny, a lot of socialists and libertarians kind of like hop back and forth philosophies, because yeah. on a certain level, it's just kind of like a primal scream against authority, and, you know, yeah. you see your view as the, the mechanism by which that authority gets off of your back, essentially. Yeah. But the... The truth is, personally, as a libertarian, I'm just very skeptical at people's desire to reach out and control others. To me, that is the singular force I see. I, I see so many people, whether they are coming from anger, love, or whatever, this they, it's like a starting assumption that we have to control others, that we have to prevent them from living their lives in some way for some reason. And uh, to me, it's a constant excavation of, uh, is that really what's necessary? Or is that just your starting idea? And you lack the imagination to, 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 to invent a separate way. I, I think that data and computing and technology may allow us to limit overreach by authority in ways that we haven't even thought of before. I think that if you really Reduced again, like if you if you switch the tax burden from this form you fill out at the end of the year to a value added tax 
and it just kind of like automatically debits out of every transaction that you make, I'm so much more okay with that than I am with uh, the current tax system that we have. Right. I, I'm, I've even – I've started to become very anti – think of myself as always like anti-progressive taxation. Mm-hmm. Not, not that I'm not totally. I think there's some level of, yeah, you make more. But I think there should be a lot of regressive taxation at the bottom if it's coupled one-to-one to the basic social services of life, right? Mm-hmm. If you take away – you know, if you take away, like, you know, if you have a basic minimum income, you might tax the first $5,000 nearly 100%. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and that's okay because you're ensuring that person's ability to always have that money. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you actually can secure the floor, you can do a lot more. You can build a platform, mm-hmm. you know, but we're not doing that right now. And we're actually sort of thriving on people's desperation. We're thriving on their addiction. We're thriving on their pain, you know. Purdue Pharmaceuticals, how much money they make off opioids, how much money are the distributors of these opioids making? I mean, it's, it, you know, those are legal legal drug dealers in the United States. Yeah. Well, I will say uh, the increasingly like the healthcare issue, we, we really need to get a better handle off that because, again, the, the system that we have is just a stupid system, you know, frankly. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, – it's, there's no market. There's just a bunch of weird subsidies and overpriced middlemen who, you know, just completely fuck us on every level. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to, how to deal with that, but I will say that potentially like – I think a true libertarian healthcare response could be amazing. You know, like a true just wipe off the insurance companies. You know, like like outlaw insurance, like health insurance on some I, level. I, I don't see. I think you could actually just make insurance totally nonprofit and be better off. Um, if you if you made them totally nonprofit and you had all payer rate setting, like there's your government is essentially just an insurance company with a military, mm-hmm. right? So what like every other country in the world, even Canada, like they just use a giant government insurance company mm-hmm. and set the pay rates and do it that way. Like there's no need to get rid of all the insurance companies. There's a need to restructure the way they're making money. But realistically, there's also a need to, well, to that's, look that's at hospitals a, that's, charging. Well, that's like, more of like a, a socialist response. But um, I mean it would be better than the system that we have. But, but um, like but but the, also, okay, yeah. the, the reason that hospitals charge, charge right? what yeah, they charge time. is because the insurance companies – uh, allow it like th- 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 that middle they can't stop it no no no. they can't stop it it's not allowing well, anymore they okay, can't stop it I, 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 this isn't about blame to me it's about yeah. on a certain s- scale when you do not directly pay immediately for your healthcare services this is the kind of shit that happens like if you if, if you had to pay directly for healthcare the way you pay for flights the, the 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 pricing structure would be completely separate, and um, you know like and I think that you would first of all the prices would be a lot lot lower and I think it would be a lot more refer- like affordable, um, which I don't think would cut into the profit margins of these hospitals either. I think that they would have more customers and they would have more mm-hmm. um, you know like ease collecting the other problem on is the, it's the money not as a, well. You're right. There there's some there's some real chance for market innovation here but i i can't get past the fact that it for the individual if that market's not incredibly efficient demand for you is inelastic in the moment 
and that's always a problem. Mm. So it's always an extortionate problem. And we also, fundamentally, we don't really know what the best healthcare is on a lot of things. We're not willing to look at the evidence-based medicine. We could avoid a lot of costs with just basic, you know, if, if the food supply was better and people were a little less fat. And, you know, like, there's just a lot of things we could do to lower our healthcare costs. Mm -mm. And so, like, I refuse to live in a world where... We pay for everyone's health care and then also believe that type 2 diabetes is an untreatable disease. You know, that with other than dialysis, like it's not uh -huh. curable. It's fucking completely curable and deal withable for almost everybody. And yet we have a lot of things. And that means that somebody's profit center is made off a dialysis center. Uh -huh. And that's terrible to me. You know, because it's fixable. It's completely fucking fixable. Uh, well, I... I, I hear you. I uh, I feel like I'm burned out on the healthcare question. We've yeah. we've, we've debated this, <laughs> you know, so Health, much. And, guns. You know, like it's it's something that you know I, progressively I, I I go back and forth on in terms of what I think is you know the solution. I uh, yeah. all I know is that we're not doing much to address many of our problems right now. No, no. Um, I mean, and. I, I, can we? Can you just address one last thing I keep seeing from libertarians, um, where this idea of like because some people who are criminals will break gun laws, we should just not have gun laws. Essentially, is this argument of like I understand that like crimes will still happen, but that's an argument against like all laws if some criminals will break them, mm. and so we shouldn't have them. I don't understand this logic. Please explain. What, what, what I what I understand are two alternative both of which make sense to me and which do not exist in the same universe. One is a world in which private citizens um, retain control of violence, essentially, is, you know, yeah. at, at its core. Like, we, we retain from the government the yeah. right to uh, own things and generally have the power to harm others. We choose not to and we provide a society based around laws that punish those who break that oath, but we do not preemptively uh, try and limit one's power based on just a, a hunch that it might like shave off a few violent crimes. So, so is that, there is that philosophical world, and then there is also the, the fact that so many of these shooters, you know, if you had just installed a simple background check, <laughs> you know, like, and, and follow through on the ones that we have, um, like, you might you, not have, uh, had a lot of deaths. And, and I feel like that seems pretty sensible to me. It's like, I, and you're, I think you're right. And this is the thing I can't marry. It's like your right to potential rights is actually costing people's right to life. And like, but on some level, you know that's I mean? true of every right that we have. Uh, like, right. you, you so, could, you could turn us into North Korea and everybody's not allowed out, and you're not allowed to do anything other than exactly what you're told to do, and that would cut well, down on crime. Let, but it let me finish that. Though. <laughs> you, you, but like you're, you, but this is a lot of things. You are potential. Your potential rights to do something are actually costing people their right to life. And so, not that that means you don't have the right to do that thing. It's just that if that's the case, it's got to be very well considered. And it's not well considered right now. It's just, no, 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 we get our guns, we get our guns. The Second Amendment literally mentions militias as part of this, and we just fucking ignore it. As if that's not a piece of that. And yet, like, it's it's nonsense. It's like, 
the Bible, where people want to take pieces of it and then say it's all literal, but then they're just demanding on one thing. It's like, okay, you're insane because you're telling me it's literal and you're still just picking and choosing. Mm -hmm. And I can't handle this. The Second Amendment either reads a well-regulated militia or it fucking doesn't. And don't argue like it doesn't because it does. I, I, and mean, I, I, I think that's a really, at this point, kind of a moot argument on some level. I think that... The, it's not, the, though, because there's an argument uh, for militias. Well, it's not a great uh, one. I, I just, I, I think that it's it's not very interesting to me, I guess, at, at its core, the, the, the parsing about what the Second Amendment says. You know, like, for at least 40 years, and I don't know exactly how people thought of it before, the, the interpretation... From the people with guns is that it allows you to own guns, and this is why it's contentious. Is people keep bringing up the argument, oh, well, maybe it doesn't entirely say that you have the right to own guns, but it's kind of like just not an interesting argument. Like, like the, the fact word that, that regulated is in there is in the actual is in the Second Amendment. If you're willing to regulate a militia as a well-regulated militia, how does that not, by definition, mean you're supposed to regulate the guns of that militia? Like, that's part of it. But I, like, I it's, don't a, think, it's a regulated I, system. It designs a right with well, a regulated I, I, system, I, I, and actually, we don't have it. I'm curious. Like, what? I don't think there were particularly – I don't think anybody was thinking of gun restriction back then. I think they were because they were thinking about – because a lot of it was – and not just guns, but it was like how you're allowed to use force. And they were actually regulating these militias that – you know, were for the states, but could be marshaled for national defense when necessary. And some of them were kind but of I, on the I, level I, of like, I guess you don't like, really trust the government yet. On a certain level, it's it's a it's it's an amendment. Like like the most you can say is maybe it doesn't protect your right to bear arms, but it doesn't outlaw them either. You know, and on a certain scale, that's really the only important question at this point is: Do we pass gun control or not? You know, that's. That's really the only thing, and I don't really care exactly what the Second Amendment is describing beyond, um, you know, just the the way that we view it now. To, like, and, and the way that it's been upheld in court has been consistent with the modern viewing. So it's sort of like, eh. I mean, Scalia himself said you can re you don't have the right to an assault rifle. So, like, I think we we know we can regulate. Um, well, when guns, we do, we, we do. We, like, there, there's a line. I, I guess I, you know, yeah, we regulate guns. We absolutely do. It's just there's a line. Like, the, like you can't have a bazooka. I don't think, but you can have a, you know, an assault right. rifle. Like, you know, there's right. just right. Like people want to move the line, and everybody's gonna cream, uh, scream, you know, bloody murder, and and, uh, and no one talks <laughs> about suicides and just waiting periods on guns for suicides, which yep. is the number one death uh, type of death in this country yep. for for guns is, is suicide. So if yes. you put a couple days waiting period, would we prevent that? Is that something the state should think about? But there is honestly a new element in this that I think is well worth kind of mentioning, which is just like, let's say you and I were in high school today, Matt. Okay. Like on some level, wouldn't you be fucking freaked out? Like, because after Columbine, was everybody was pretty freaked out. But like that was then. That was when Columbine was just Columbine, and 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 yeah. that it was just this uh, one freak incident. Darwin, you know, I'm gonna be. I'm I'm. Get, I just got certified to become a high school teacher. Uh -huh. And to go back, <laughs> and they're talking Texas, and they're talking about like 
campus carry for i i actually lobbied kel seliger my senior year against concealed carry on college campus directly and he was like and him david swinford i don't know okay, I, 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 I you know maybe concealed I, I, carry would be a good thing i i don't know i don't know most people should and most people in my fucking class are not good enough with a gun to to be useful in that situation like some of them are most of them aren't like the, the you know what I, I tell you what though like if we were in that debate classroom like at Tascosa that it would be the perfect space to like hide out and if one of us had a gun we just like shut the door and just like train a gun on that no door. here's <laughs> the thing Darwin here's what neither you or I understand that I've only been explained to by a military like most people when they first point a gun at someone even if they've got to pull the trigger completely fucking freeze because it is contrary to human nature to take a life it is incredibly difficult to do and therefore most people create a greater danger to themselves by having a gun because if you can't pull the trigger if you can't do that you're going to make the situation worse so like, it's just, it's a much more complicated, like, situation, like, for everyone involved. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah, I could, I could see that. But I, I don't know. Like, uh, there, there's got to be, I think around the board, I think, like, a mental health, you know, like, because so many of these guys had red flags, had, like, yep. clear red flags. You know, like ahead of time. I, I mean, that that could do so so much. You know, and and yeah, just like basic well, background the, checks. You know, like well, and, and 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 maybe yeah, like a test or something. Like like well, you darling, know, I, I mean, I, I do think it's kind of like if you're a young like dropout with clear mental health issues or just like you know, like I, I don't think that we have to say you're banned for life. But maybe just like you know, hey, you have to go through this like training course or whatever. You know, like we got to we got to see if you're a threat to the society that you're in. <laughs> Look, Darwin, the FBI was too focused on the Russians and proving collusion, according to Donald Trump's. Fucking I mean, like tweet. I I do agree that the FBI is probably distracted by the fact that their commander in chief is waging an all-out <laughs> campaign yeah. against them and fired. A well-liked and effective FBI leader not one year ago to much to consternation of like – like and, and I'm sure that he's putting the entire institution through a loyalty test right now. I have yeah. no trouble believing that they're distracted by Tr Donald Trump. So yeah I, yeah, I would put this square at the feet of Donald Trump. <laughs> well, I mean – Thoughts and prayers, I guess, because <laughs> what else the fuck do we end this with? I don't know. That's just enough. Uh, I, yeah. I'm I tired of it. I'm tired of it, Hopefully too. Hopefully we're more than altered carbon, Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Laugh uh, to Darwinism, everyone. See ya.